This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to Eyes on Isles, the podcast, episode number 26. Which edition, Mitch? I Again, I, I did no research for this. So, someone. Who? Tell me who. Is it? Oh, God. No, I don't know a 26. I was requested Matt Molson. I like that one. Okay. Uh, you could have went Thomas Vanek, too. Did I have, do I have to go Thomas Vanek? No, I prefer Molson. So I think we're going to go with Matt Molson. And honestly, I don't know any other 26s, so I couldn't tell you. <laughs> That's fair. Um, ugh, God, this one, this one's going to be rough, man. It's going to be a rough show. It is going to be a rough show because we're recording right after the Islanders' sloppy and ugly loss to the Columbus Blue Jackets there. One and three in their last four games. So since last time we talked, they have gotten two out of eight points. And Mitch, it's we're just taking a swan dive right to the bottom of the Metropolitan right now. Well, to be fair, it's not hard to do, right? The Metro is so tight that if you drop one, you're going to drop a few spots. Um, you drop two, you might drop a few spots, a few more spots. Like we're we're what, a, a point above the Rangers in eighth position, so man, it's tough. Um, and they're not making easy on themselves. Like this is, so, I sound so like dejected. I'm here in Winnipeg. Um, I'm not at home. It's already you know, Winnipeg is great. Uh, I I know what San Jose said about Winnipeg and being a cold and dark place. Well, it is is winter in the north, but. Top that with the Islanders just putting a goose egg out there against the Blue Jackets. And then Doug Waite's comments. Oh, oh. Can we get right into that? Because I'm still hot about that. Oh, man. Yes, please go preface it because I need a second. Okay. So the Islanders obviously didn't play well today. The only time the building was loud was when the fans were chanting snow must go. And that was when it was three quarters empty with five minutes to go in the game. And he had the guts, Mitch, the guts to come out and say after the game that he hopes the crowd has more energy on Thursday and it's a livelier crowd. Mitch, how about putting a quality product on the ice first and then we worry about the crowd? He has much more important things to worry about than how Islanders fans are reacting to this team being like garbage. Yeah, I wish I had a bell. Where's, I'm going to try to fa- fashion a bell out of this cup here in my hotel room. Shame! Shame, Doug Wayne. Shame. There's absolute shame what he just said. You should have seen that on the video of me trying to not break that glass, but hit it hard enough. <laughs> it was rather entertaining. It, <laughs> it is un- – I, I, can't, I can't believe that he blamed the fans for a loss. I, I know he's going to say that's not actually what I said. That's what you meant, Doug. It's what you meant. And it's just after everything that we've all gone through – to then say, like, it's on you guys to give us an atmosphere that is receptive and energetic. 
I find that despicable is the word I used before we started recording. It is despicable for him to say that. I feel insulted. Has there been an Islanders coach who has done a faster 180 between how the fans thought of him? I'm sure Mike Milbury did it a few times, but like, oh, no, no, probably not as quick. I really don't. I I don't think it's been that quick for for anyone, even Mike Milbury. No, because I think after he the interim tag was removed, everyone for the most part was happy about the decision because of how they ended the year last year and there was so much hope. And even like up until November of this year, things were okay. But then it's December, January, and then now, like the wheels are completely falling off. This guy doesn't have a clue what's going on. He's blaming the fans right now. I wrote the other day the the decision that lost it lost my confidence in him was benching Matt Barzell, which is going to be the long story today. Yes. But, I mean, these last four games have just shown how bad things could possibly get for this team. Right. Um, Do you remember in the playoffs two years ago when, was it the Lightning when uh, Capuano got the puck in the face? I think it was game one of the Lightning series. He got the puck in the face and he had to leave the bench for a bit. And it was absolute chaos on the ice. The Islanders went from a team that was controlling play, okay, they were doing a good job against the Lightning, to just, they couldn't, they didn't know how to do anything. And it was that like two minute window where Cap One was getting his nose adjusted and his face realigned when Doug White was behind the bench. And it just, that's all I can remember. And I went, oh my God, we need an NHL caliber coach back on on this bench as soon as possible. And this is the guy they gave the team to. And again, like you said, it was all fine when he was going 24-12-4. And, and there's there no reason to doubt him. He had no experience aside from that run. But you're going, well, you know, he, 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 did, he did a good job. So he should ostensibly do a good job again. What the heck is happening? Did he lose the room? Did, did something happen here? Like what is happening for the wheels to come off so easily and quickly for this team? It doesn't make any sense aside from the team is just not playing for him. Which is absurd. He's been there for a year and a half, not even a full year, like any two games, and they, he's already lost the room. How is that possible? That's a hot take. You think he lost the room already? That's your I don't know how this team isn't playing. You look at them play with, with against Detroit in that like five minutes. They put up four goals. They were playing for something. For for something was happening there against Detroit where they put it all together and they were dominant. But for the rest of the time. Like, how many first periods do we have to sit through where this team puts up an egg, where they can't play a full 60-minute game, let alone the first period? How many times? What the heck is happening with this franchise? I almost swore there. Um, what is happening? Did he, in fact, lose the room? Like, I, I'm not I'm not saying that for a hot take. I'm just – I'm really concerned. Like, is that a possibility? I, I'm, I'm at such a loss here. The team – they shouldn't be this bad. I think exactly. that's the point we're trying to make, right? That's right. And like we know the injuries on defense. I mean, how many times has Snow and Waite brought that up? We know right. that their defense isn't good and they need another addition. Everybody knows it. But still, they shouldn't be this bad. Their offense is too good for them to be like, look this lost on the ice. Yeah. Um. I don't understand. Like, 
obviously there's disjoint thinking between the offense and the defense. But the offense has that liberty to go and score, and they do. But the defense, maybe they're playing too much of an offensive game. Like we see them do those pulls or those pushes. Sorry, not pulls, but pushes into the into the offensive zone, and they get caught. Maybe there's too much of that going on. But it's not even just that because it's even in their own end, they're screwing up all over the place. So they can't clear the puck out of their own zone. Yeah. I don't want to I don't want to leave it to clearing because clearing sometimes can be a chance game when you're trying to get it off the boards, you don't do it right, and if you just don't have got enough mustard on the puck, systematically you have to have a defensive system in place that that clears up avenues for you to dump the puck or even just have a proper breakout. They don't seem to have that, which seems like hockey 101. And I'm I'm sure Doug Wade and his coaching staff have a breakout strategy, but it's not working at all. No. So what next? I don't understand. I, I I don't understand what is happening with this hockey team to be this bad. And it it's like you said, it's not goaltending. Sorry, I don't know if you said that on the pod yet. We're only eight minutes in. Um, but we definitely said it off air where you couldn't blame Yarrow for this loss against the Blue Jackets. And frankly, you couldn't necessarily blame Yarrow for the last couple of losses. So what is it? And we know it's defense, but what is it about the defense? These shouldn't be bad players. Why are they so bad? Uh, they're just in a like a inexplicable funk. There we know. Like again, we could point to the defense as the biggest reason for why they're not playing well. But you just they just look lost. They look like a dejected team. Euro looks completely like tired and worn out. I mean, he's, they're riding him out. They, they have no choice but to play him. Yeah, he's got to play often. But even then, when he's he's on the ice, he's facing fifty shots. Yeah, like like you said tonight, he he stopped forty seven of fifty one shots. That's still a nine twenty two save percentage. Like that's a good night. That's a good night. What more can you possibly ask this guy to do for you? Yeah, it's a good night average wise, right? Because that, that's the thing. He's stopping an average of nine twenty two, which is, is fine. But he's still in four goals, which is what I'm sure we'll hear. We won't hear the end of. Um, God, I don't, I don't know, man. Like he, he is playing well. He's stopping all those shots, and yes, they're shooting from everywhere. But the Islanders are letting them shoot from everywhere. And what the, since the game in Montreal on what is it, January fifteenth? They've the Islanders have allowed fifty or more shots three times, three times in like less than a month. That's insane. That's insane, and that's not counting the games where they're above forty-two. There's what? How many? There's one, two, three, four games above forty-two shots. Two of them are forty-seven and forty-nine. Very much almost fifty-shot nights. They could have had five 50-shot nights in the last month easily. No problems asked. That's insane. That's way too many shots. And this, this isn't getting fixed, right? The last three games, 39, 42, 51 against. This is insane. I don't even I don't know this? how to respond to that. Like, what, what can you possibly say anymore? Like, they had that one good game against Buffalo where they allowed – 22 shots against. But remember, that was Buffalo. And they still lost. They still lost. <laughs> Buffalo scored four goals that night. 
So maybe Doug tried it that night. He's like, let's try a more defensive system. Let's see what happens. Let's limit their shot opportunities. And they did, and they still lost. He's like, scrap it. I'm done. Back to back to square one. No, 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 no. Just keep doing that. You know, just just chalk that up to a bad night and keep going with that. And yeah, just uh, just bad. Mitch, I'm depressed. This is really not fun anymore. No, we're going to go on to a few more not great things. But we have to talk about them because I think the more we talk about it, the more we address it, the more we see the problem. And frankly, the more that we keep the franchise and not we, just you and I, but everyone listening to not just even our podcast, but other podcasts who are going to talk about the same thing. The more that comes out in the vernacular Isles fandom, the more we keep this team honest, or we try to. That's why the the snow must go chance we're going, because it, the fan base is tired of this kind of performance. This team is better than what they're putting out there, and we're paying attention. We're not going to go away. We're paying attention to this. And then to call us out and say, maybe we need more energy, that's not how you go about doing that. That is a PR nightmare for the Islanders now. Do you... Question for you. Do you blame the fans for a second for starting that chant? No. No. no I, I don't necessarily t- care for it personally, but I get it. It makes absolute sense that they would chant that, does it not? Yeah. After 12 years of this, yeah, they're asking for a change. This team clearly needs a change. Might as well start from the top. Yeah, well, they're, they're not going to get it. Like, it's not happening, so... If they think they're going to keep chanting it and he's going to go tomorrow, I highly doubt it. The second Garth Snow is fired is when the is at the very earliest when the Islanders are eliminated from the playoffs mathematically. That's the earliest he goes, right? Like, we can agree on that. Yeah, but I still think it's important to express that to show how oh, unhappy yes. the fan base is. Completely agree. Absolutely. Keep chanting it. Absolutely keep chanting it because, like you said, that shows that level of dissatisfaction. That shows how deep... We want this to change. It's not just we need a new defenseman. It's, no, no, you need to, like, I'm going to borrow a phrase from Donald Trump and drain the swamp. <laughs> yeah, uh, pretty much. Um, I'm on board for that. I agree. So, um, Mitch, you want to go on to another depressing topic? Yeah, of course. Let's keep the depressing train rolling. Okay, so we were talking about Yaroslav Halak and how the Islanders have been really riding him a lot lately, and there's a really good reason why and it's because Thomas Grice you can make the argument that statistically he's the worst goalie in the NHL right now that's not even an exaggeration in the slightest no I know that's unfortunate uh so earlier this week I pulled the numbers on it and I don't you want me to go through and read out some of them yeah okay so I used for a lot of these stats, the goalie would have to appear in 20 or more games just so we get a good sample size. So it's not going to be skewed by someone who played in three games or whatever. Yeah. So like a decent amount of games to play, right? Like, Yeah. They played what? Almost 60. Yeah. Now, so a third of the season. That's yeah. a comfortable backup position. Okay. So he has the worst goals against average by anyone with more than 20 games. His yeah. is 4.03. The oh. next clo- the next closest though is Chad Johnson who's 3.57. So there's almost a Whoa. half a goal difference. Okay. 
Yeah, that's the first one. This is only the beginning. I'm sure it gets worse from there. Okay. He has the worst save percentage with any goalie 20 or more games. His is 885. Johnson's is 886. So there's not much of a difference there, but still okay. statistically the worst in that category. Right. He has the second lowest quality start percentage. So there's someone lower than him in that department? Wow. Yep. Keith Kincaid is lower than him. Who is he, Buffalo? Uh, no, that's that's no, the Devils. Jersey. Yeah, yeah, Jersey. Wow. Uh, okay. So Grice's is uh, .333. Kincaid <sighs> is .278. Which is so sorry, a third low. of his starts are quality starts. One, yeah, a third of his starts are considered a quality start. Wow. <laughs> okay, wow. Ugh. Now we're going to get into a little bit uh, of some advanced numbers. GSAA. He has a negative 20.71, which is the worst in the entire league, counting people who started one game, anything. So GSA, if I remember correctly, is... The goals, the, the goals saved above average? average. Right. So they take your save percentage against the number of shots that you faced and compare that to the league average of those same amount of shots faced. So it's essentially supposed to rank you amongst the average, like how based off your body of work and not just like a random, a random stat. It's it's really contextual. So he's the worst contextual. Negative twenty, bitch. That's ins- like negative nine is like brutally bad. So negative twenty. He's over than double. Wow. Oof. Okay. Is there more? There's one. Does more. it get worse? Yeah. Uh, this is pretty bad. He is sixty six point six seven percent for high danger zone shots, which is. The lowest of anyone with 20 or more starts and the second lowest overall in the entire league. Okay, so it's high danger save percentage. If anyone doesn't know, high danger save area. So look at the ice, um, the offensive zone essentially, or the the Islanders' defensive zone, and put a baseball uh, base at the top of the crease or from from the, the, the net, the blue paint. And that's the high danger danger area. Like goals are primarily scored from that area. So from from the net out to the faceoff circle and up a little bit, and there's your baseball your baseball base, like a home plate type thing. Yeah. So we. I just wanted to give you a little context to how bad Thomas Grice has actually been. Yeah. And you could make the case that he should not be in the NHL right now. Uh, I, I, uh, yeah, okay. I don't want to, but I can't disagree. And the, the reason I don't want to is because of what we said earlier. This team is systematically bad defensively. And so he, like, both goalies look bad when it comes to t- t- statistics. Like, they, they just look bad, but we know they haven't been bad. Like, if you get 50 shots against and you don't let in four goals, you're on fire. You're, like, Vezina caliber. And, and neither of these guys are Vezina caliber goalies. They're supposed to be league average. But when you give them that kind of workout, they're no longer going to be league average. Although I guess 
they are, theoretically speaking, because Yarrow is still getting a 522, but with a four goals against average. Like, one looks really good, the other one is really bad. Right, so they're, my biggest fear is that they are just going to ride Halak until he breaks, which is going to come soon, and then it's just going to be like complete yeah. dumpster fire after that. Which is of no benefit to the team whatsoever. No. Well, at least you don't have him back next year. So if you break him, somebody else's problem. Yeah, in this case, if you break him, someone else bought him. Um, but it's also the fact that, well, who's who's left? Right? We still have this Thomas Grice at 3.3 for the next two years. That's not appealing. So, like, and, and I hope he bounces back. I want him to bounce back. It's just if this is what we've got, oh, oh, my God. Who's the starter next year? Do the Islanders have to go out and make a trade for a starter? What is that going to cost? Then forget defense. Like defense, if we're going to go out and get a starter, that's a good point. I don't. What are you going to have to give up for that? Yeah, at least a top four defense. Like you can probably get a bottom six or like a bottom five six, but that's about it. Trade for OEL and Ranta and just give, yeah. give them everything. Just say, here, just, take the entire Bridgeport team <laughs> and all of our draft picks for this year. And that's it. We'll take those two. Oh, and even then, I don't know if that'll help. I don't. Ranta hasn't been very good. No, I don't Maybe know. I'm out of team, ideas. I'm, try, right. I'm just trying to. I know. I, oh, God. Uh, even Leonard, like. Leonard's been okay, but is he really the answer? He's maybe better than what we got, so I guess that's a better answer. Yeah, Lord knows. I don't know. Oh, God. All right. Want to get into some Ross Johnson? Wow, that came out really weird. Ross Johnston talk. Yes. Yes, a little bit of positive. Finally. Finally. Um, So I, I put this on the running order because we've been talking a lot about Matt Martin. And bringing Matt Martin back to New York Islanders and how amazing that would be. I don't think you're going to find a lot of people to disagree. You're going to find a few of them out there say, like, well, his cap hit is too high. Yeah, clearly his cap hit is a little too high. You don't want to be paying, what is it, 3.5 plus 3.25. That's 6.75 plus I think he's getting two and a quarter. So we're looking at $9 million for your bottom, your bottom fourth line. No, you don't want to be paying that much money, but it's still Matt Martin. And that bottom line, when it was rolling, he still put up 19 points in a year. Matt Martin put up 19 points. That's outstanding. Um, But the Islanders have someone who's doing even better. And they got Ross Johnson. Maybe not better in terms of points, but pretty well. They got Ross Johnson. Who's fighting? Who's putting up points and making that fourth line click again? He's it's, it's basically not just his doing. He's basically a poor man's Matt Martin. Yes. That's right. And he's big. 65, 235. He's young at 223 and he's making less than a million on the cap. It's perfect. This is perfect with the Islanders want. That that's what a fourth liner should be. They should make zero money and just be gigantic and run around and yeah. hit people. Well, I, I love when, I love when these guys. So when Matt Martin got paid, love it because the guy put his body out on the line and he did a lot of stuff. He worked the dirty areas. He got into fights. 
he's taking some damage and he's finally getting paid. It's not like John Tavares money, but it's more money than someone in his position usually gets. So I, I'm okay with that. That's fine. Get your money. You deserve it, bud. Um, but when he and the other three guys are getting paid a ton of money, you're kind of like, you got to cut corners somewhere. And unfortunately, yeah, right. it, was, it was all well and good before any of these guys were making big money. Yeah. Look, Johnson is on pace for, well, not on pace, but he's putting up a half point a game. Three points in his last six games played. That's outstanding. It's not going to keep up. He's not going to. No. Um, he's barely an NHL caliber player, but he's there and he's doing it well. And I'm super excited about it. Yeah. He's basically a cheaper version of Matt Martin, which yeah, hard. I'll take right so, now. I'll take right so now. So like if you were to give him an extension, what would you give him? Would you think Garth would give him five years at three mil? I hope not. I, <laughs> I wouldn't. No, I, I'm not giving him any more than a million dollars. Garth is going to say, I learned my lessons about overpaying fourth lines. I'm going to cut off $0.25 million on his salary. I mean, we locked up uh, Scotty Mayfield. So, I mean, Ross Johnson, he's only 23. Let's lock him up till he's 30. Let's do seven years, $2.5 million. Yeah. I Just, listen. I, I know I defended the Scott Mayfield one, but if he gave if he gave Ross Johnson a long term deal, I'd I'd lose my mind. <laughs> I would like you, you. It's not that you don't give a player like this an extension, but you can give him a three year extension, max maximum, three yeah. years, even just a year. Just keep, just keep. You know, and it, even if it's a one way deal, fine, whatever. Like if that's if that's what you have to give to get him on a one on a on a one year deal at less than a million or up to a million. Fine, I'll take it. And as long as it doesn't get over a million dollars, right? I think we're both on the same wavelength there. Yeah, I think once you get like the one point five, you're going. Eh, is is he better than anyone else out there? Maybe not, but that's kind of getting a little bit rich. Yeah, but it's good to have. Like that. That's a positive. That's a positive injection. That's a positive move no, for management. Been. The one of the few. Um. But like, there's still other players that they can call up that can help. Probably, uh, it's just, oof. I'm I, I'm loving this move, and I I I have a hard time seeing or hearing another side to that argument. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd rather see him than Jason Chimera on the ice. Good luck with that. All right, want to go back down the depressing route a little bit? I think we have to get into a long topic. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. All right. All right, so Matty Barzell, the Islanders are down a goal with what minutes? Minutes left, just a minute, a couple minutes left in the game. Yeah. And what game? Like paint the paint me a picture. What game are we talking about? Cal- Calgary. So the right. third out of the fourth game. Doug Waite says he thinks to himself. He goes, "You know what? <laughs> I think that." We are better off, and we have a better chance to win by putting our 60-point Calder favorite player on the bench and giving him one shift in the last five minutes of a one-goal game. <laughs> I think that's how we win. <laughs> okay, two and, things there. Okay, First, do you think Dougie refers to himself in the third person? So when he's talking to himself in his inner monologues, like, Dougie, you know what you need to do? Bench your boy Barzal. That's right, Dougie. Good call, Dougie. Do you think he talks to himself like that? 
I do, but I think he calls himself Douglas. Um, and, and second, what do you mean Mark, Matt Barzell called their favorite? Just say he's a lock. Just throw your dice in. He's a lock. If he doesn't win be. the Calder Trophy, revolt. NHL fandom, revolt. I got a lot he, more things to worry about than Matthew Barzell winning an uh, award. All fair right? enough. All right. Fair enough. Okay. I, Sorry. I, I would be upset, but that that's probably number three on the priority list right now. <laughs> okay. It's still up there. Good. Okay, sorry. You're saying so he tells himself he needs to Douglas. sit Matt Barzell. Douglas, you need to <laughs> put Matthew Barzell on the bench. The guy who had four points in the span of five minutes and an overtime period just two days prior. You say to yourself, nope, nope, don't want that guy on the ice. He turned the puck over one time, so we're Never again. But, uh, He's dead to me. We're gonna we're gonna put him in the carbonite next to Josh Hosang, and that's it. <laughs> that solo reference. Oh, so okay. Is that is that the picture? Yeah, that that's pretty much it. So basically, Josh Hosang, who is stuck in carbonite somewhere in the depths of Bridgeport. Bridgeport, Connecticut. Matthew Barzell was there also. Did you see his like the post game with him? He looked like he was about to cry, Matt Barzell, for being benched. Yeah. Okay. So they lost the game. Lo and behold, surprise, surprise. Shocker. Color me surprised. What a shocker. On on a six on five, right? They pulled the goalie. So ostensibly a power play. I know it's not literally a power play, but you have a man advantage. Right. They don't have their what is arguably their second best player on the ice. Some could even say their best player on the ice at times, and I, I would I would agree to that. Um, he went from five points the night before to benched in a scoring opportunity the next night. What the hell happened? Yeah. Like Dougie was asked this, or Douglas was asked this in in his press conference the night of the Calgary game. I forget who asked him the question. I don't know if it was Staple or or I RP think it Club. was. You think it was staple? I think so too. But so he asked him, "Did you not like something he was doing?" He referring to Barzal, and Wade just said straight up, "No." It, it, and I, I did that justice. That was no, I didn't do that justice because he was so sour saying that and mad. He said, it "Was he said yes?" Oh, he said yes. Yeah, to to a, a oh right, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. What I just said. <laughs> did you not like something no i loved everything he did all right well now we've got a problem Um, it was a very blunt yes and then the islanders pr guy was like well this is super awkward and just got him off the stage yeah he just left done um so what the heck did he do what did barzell do so you said he turned over the puck right yeah there was a couple plays i saw a couple gifs on twitter of potential plays in which could have gotten Barzell benched. One was right. in the offensive one was on a power play. He has the puck in the corner and kind of blindly throws a pass towards the middle. And then on a play in the defensive zone, he was kind of out of position. Right. So I think Doug went into details with this with Staple in in, in one of his articles uh for the Athletic where he said it was Barzell was doing things in like on the power play that we had spoken about specifically in training 
and he did them anyways. So I benched him to teach him a lesson. He, he didn't say I benched him to teach him a lesson, but that was the implication, right? That he had done something, he, Barzal, had done something that he was not supposed to do, and he was told not to do it, but he did it anyways. And so he benched him for it. He's second best player. Um, Wild. If he's going to be teaching lessons to the team, it's not that I don't disagree with, with doing that. Okay, fine. He did something he wasn't supposed to do. Okay, I get it. But he keeps preaching. He, being Doug Waite, keeps preaching accountability. He's not doing it himself. Like, he's got to be accountable to his own mantra in terms of discipline. You can't go and bench a guy like Barzal if you're not going to go and bench a guy like Brock Nelson for three months during the winter. You can't go and bench Matthew Barzal when you're not going to bench Jason Chimera, who gives up the puck everywhere and gives you nothing offensively. I don't care if the guy's played 1,100 NHL games. That's fantastic. He got his hockey stick. He got his jersey and framed. We're good. It doesn't mean that you can't get benched if you make a mistake. If, if you're not willing to do those two things, you have no right in doing that to Matthew Barzell at this point you, in his career. I'm sorry to cut you off, but you now sparked that's quite something right. that – did you see the picture I tweeted that reminds me of Jason Chimera? <laughs> the, the mustache and the red bucket? Yeah. <laughs> The guy, the, there's a viral story like a couple years ago about a 94 year old still playing hockey, and I tweeted that. Out. Uh, all the pirates. I want to be that man when I'm 94. I still want to be playing hockey when I'm 94 years old. But I, I understand the comparison. Jason Chimera looks older than his age right now out there. It's bad. Like I, I, I'm sure he can still skate and he can still fly a little bit, but. It's not working. It's not giving you anything. So at what point do you cut the experiment or you just sit him? If you're preaching accountability, sit him out for a game. Just one. Just one. Yeah. The hypocrisy of this is what drives me nuts too with weight, which brought, which I mentioned in the thing where he lost me. He refuses to hold guys like Nelson or Chimera accountable, but God forbid – Barzal, your second best player on the team, makes a minimal mistake. You bench him for five minutes in but a Matt, key situation? It's because Barzal's going to be a good player for the next 20 years. How is that? Like, how? He's held at a different standard. I get it. He's better than these players. Sure. But the standard in terms of mistakes should not be different. It should be at the same baseline. And it really seems like every player is adhering to a different set of rules when it comes to mistakes on the ice, does it not? Right, and when you think especially someone with Barzal's talent should be able to figure out figure it out while on the ice and make adjustments while on the ice rather than just sitting down on the bench, you know, sulking. Or, or, or counterpoint, or addition to, if you bench Barzal, you're removing a negative potentially with that one play. But you're definitely removing a lot of positive out of the lineup. You're not doing that with a player like Brock Nelson or – well, maybe not Brock Nelson right now. But when Brock Nelson was bad, you took him out of the lineup. Hey, you're, that was a net plus. That's a gain. You don't even put anyone else on the ice. You're just, I'm going to address 11 forwards tonight and Brock Nelson's a scratch. We're good. That's a net positive for us in December. 
You could you just send four guys out on the ice instead of Done. five. We're playing two lines tonight, boys. You get 10 minutes. Barzal, you've got not 10 minutes. You got, what is it, 30 minutes of ice time tonight. Go. Done. We're done here. Don't need a checking line. We're just going to score a million goals. We dare you to score 999 more than us. Or, sorry, one extra. Amazing. Um, I, I'm, not, I'm not opposed to it. Just spewing out numbers without even thinking about it. I'm so mad. It's okay. We're both frustrated. We're both angry. And Islanders fans have 100% a right to be. Yeah. This, this team is beyond frustrating to watch. And it's going right down the tubes. But the, you know what's going to happen, right? The Islanders match up so well against the Rangers that they're going to they're gonna win big on Thursday. And then they're going to rope us back in. And be like, oh, here we go. Only a point back on the wild card. And then the roller coaster is just going to go right back down. Yeah, I, I can't blame myself or anyone else for – for getting onto the bandwagon when after a really good game because you want you want that that's that kind of I want this all the time and so when it happens you latch onto it hoping that it never stops um, but we just know that it's, it's going to stop eventually right that's that's about what's being a fa- that's what being a fan is all about you you ride the the highs and you ride the lows you, when the team's at a low point like now we're gonna dwell and be all depressed and stuff like that but they put a good performance together we're gonna be like hey this team actually has somewhat potential imagine if they actually did something to try and improve it imagine wow the odds of that what a concept what a concept unbelievable all right want to get into some of the social and trending stuff yeah yeah let's do that it's not sorry that's not as depressing as i made it sound it's let's do that Okay. Do you do you got anything to bring to the table? This yes, week? I have one. So shout out to at Coobs Eleven who follows us and was there during uh, the game on was it Monday? Uh, they were, the Islanders were playing the, again the Flames and he shout. So before the every game we say who's going to score the first Islanders goals. We get a lot of like ridiculous comments. No one's scoring and so on and so forth. Anyways, he said knock Brock Nelson. Knock Brock Nelson. Let's live a little here. And he suggests. Casey Sezikis. And guess what? Casey Sezikis scored the first goal. That diving Superman poke check that he did. Oh, my man, the angry Ukrainian got it. And it was it was amazing. No one, no one usually gets them because, again, you got to pick like one of 20 players. So good luck with that. But he got it. Good on him for getting it. There we go. Shout out to you. I, I was close. I picked another fourth liner. I said Kyle Clutterbuck. I was on the right track there, but just wrong wrong name. Close. All right. So for me, I didn't prepare any right before we went on. So I'm going to try and do this on the fly, and I'm going to put you on the spot too. So we're going to try and do a little improv here. Tomorrow, or like in an hour, is going to be Valentine's Day. So you know those like – cheesy cards that either the rhyme or have like that funny saying like i choo choo choose you yeah so exactly stuff like that let's try and do some islanders themed ones oh god okay um i have i have one okay um it's not very good but I i think it's fitting for right now I'm loyal just like the Islanders organization is to Garth Snow. 
That wasn't very good. That wasn't very good. I'm no. trying to. Th- I it was more. I had like that's the route that I wanted to go. You see, I should have prepared this stuff like before we came on because I think Doug, we I got one for Doug. Wait. Okay. Um, I am accountable to your heart. <laughs> um, they have to be cheesy. That's the whole point, right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I am accountable to your heart. Um, oh. Oh, Brock Nelson. I only warm up in February for you. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Um, hmm. Again, we definitely should have thought of this beforehand, but I, I like the route that um, that this is going. Josh Bailey, you're my secondary assist. I don't know. He just loves secondary assists. He just loves secondary assists. <laughs> 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 I was like, punchline. I was like, uh, computing, computing. Um, you you make me smile like a puppy makes John Tavares smile. I don't know. If oh, you saw that's the, that's cute. That's cute. Uh, I got nothing. I got you. Got me on the spot okay. here. I got I got three. I got three. Who else? Our bond is greater than Barzal and Beauvilliers. That's cute. Um, oh, perfect. For Gar Snow, you're my fourth line player. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Hey, are you a fourth line grinder? I want to lock you up long term. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Oh, all right. <laughs> That's the high note of the show right there. <laughs> Dude, it took me five minutes to finally get one, but I got one. <laughs> I love it. Oh, See, that's how it works. A little banter and we'll figure it out. See? See, we can do this on the fly. We could be like improv guys if this whole podcasting thing doesn't work. Perfect. We'll do some improv comedy, but only Islanders-based comedy. <laughs> no one oh, will get that it that amazing. doesn't cheer for the Islanders. That's fine. Um. All right. Do you have anything else to bring to the table for this episode? I think I pretty much got all my frustrations out. Yeah, I'm. I'm really just hoping that Doug walks back those comments at least a little bit. He needs. Yeah, he needs to walk brutal. those comments back because that that is not a good look for this franchise. Ledecky better be on the phone berating him, berating him at this point because he can't have that. Well, he, he usually goes to all the games. Don't you think he's probably there? Yeah. So in person. Berating, a tongue lashing. Someone needs the accountability needs to come from the head coach as well. And like this is this can't happen. This can't happen. No, that is brutal. Again, I uh, feel our, insulted, and I think everyone else should as well. Yeah, you have every right to be. I, I, that's terrible. Like yeah. again, we hit it on it earlier, but the last thing on Doug Wade's mind should be how the crowd is reacting to the team. That's right. His job is to coach, not to pump up the crowd. Um, Okay. So if you're a depressed Islander fan like we are, make sure to always come to our website to – so you can read our vented frustrations. Eyesonisles.com. Give us a follow on Twitter at EyesonIslesFS. Give us a like on our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash Isles. My personal Twitter is at Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch's is at T L O Mitch. 
tweet us, whatever you got to do. Listen to the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Mitch, I hope you have a good rest of your trip, man. Yeah, I'm just here. I leave tomorrow night. So I take the, I guess it's the red eye, but yeah, from 8 p.m. to 12 p.m. I'm in the air. Ooh, fun. Yeah. Fun stuff. 4 a.m., 12 a.m., I guess. All right, Mitch. Well, you have a good night, and we'll talk again next week. Talk next week, buddy.